Upon further review, this Celtic switching style might be tough for Robert Williams, at least to start. And not much love for the Celtics in the GM survey. I'm going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the show, and thank you for making the Lockdown Celtics podcast your first listen every day. Very excited that you've chosen to do that. Remember, the Lockdown Celtics podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and every episode at LockdownCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics as a credentialed reporter for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I'm here to talk to you every Monday through Friday about your Boston Celtics. Now, the Celtics were off on Monday after the preseason game uh, on uh, over the weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, off on Tuesday after the preseason game on Monday. I'm going to get my, my day straight once of these days, uh, and I'm not going to edit that out because that's a good little insight into how we NBA reporters have no clue what day it is at all anymore. We're all done. We're all screwed up. Celtics were off on Monday, on Tuesday. (laughs) I swear I'm not trying to do this. Uh, Wednesday, they're back at the Arbag Center. I will be there on Wednesday to talk to the guys and see how practice is going. I looked at the preseason game again to see if anything stood out. Knowing that, this there's not much to glean from this. It's it's we're trying to make you know we're trying to to, to make a, a dinner over leftovers. You know, like out of leftovers. It's we're we're not really uh, we don't really have a ton of information yet. First game of the preseason. Not sure what's going to be repeatable. We don't know what direction anything is going to go in until we really get to the second preseason game or the third preseason game, or the fourth preseason game, really what happens in the first one, we got to see if anything repeats itself the second time around. And then we got to see if any of that stuff continues the third time. So the second time it happens, you're like, okay, here's a direction this thing might be going. The third time you start to wonder if there's a trend. If it happens a fourth time, now you're starting to say, okay, we've got something here, right? This is, this is something that we can hang our hat on. So After watching the guys play about 25 minutes or so, I've come up with a couple of ideas, which I'll talk about Robert Williams in the first segment, a little more about the the rest of the rotation, Josh Richardson in the second segment. Later on in the third segment, the GM survey, which comes out, which is not really the GMs, it's GMs and their assistants, their staff, but whatever, some interesting uh, comments there. Uh, Not much Boston love in, in those comments. Let's get into Rob. And the thing that I'm, I'm kind of curious about and the, what I'm going to be watching very closely moving forward is the Celtics have been switching a lot. Like they switched everything, like everything, everything, everything passive on the weak side. Whenever guys, 
whatever happened, they switched. Now, it seemed excessive. It seemed like not a lot of that was entirely necessary. And it makes me wonder, did they switch so much that Ime just wanted to get them in into some habits? Did he want to make did he want them to talk and communicate so much that he said, switch everything, communicate everything, and that's a part of building habits, which is certainly possible. Again, we just don't know what carries over from, from game one to game two. And with the off day on Tuesday, no opportunity to go back and ask the coach if there's, you know, some of the questions that maybe we didn't think of in the immediate aftermath. When you watch a game live like we do, and we're in the corner, there's stuff that you, you kind of miss. And full disclosure, this is how this is how my job goes. I'm watching the game. And I have to keep a live updated post on Boston Sports Journal. And we're tweeting things out because we want to keep you updated on things that we see. And so every throughout the entire game, we're always typing. And so something happens and I type, 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 type. And then I look up and see if, I, if I've missed anything or whatever. So invariably, you miss certain things throughout the course of a game. And, you know, some people are better at it than others. Uh, I like to go back, and, and most of us do this, go back and watch the game the next day, knowing that, okay, I know the results of all of these things. I kind of know the you know how this play is going to go. Oh, yeah, I remember they scored you know six points in a row on this one or whatever. But I'm going back, and I'm watching and re-watching and re-watching. I'll watch some plays four, five, six times just to make sure I get every little bit of nuance there. Like, okay, this happened. How did that happen? Okay, this guy did this. This guy did that. What was the, what was this guy doing off the ball? Is there? I, I try to on some plays really look for. Is there something I might be missing? So I try to get deep, deep, deep into it the second watch, and that means I have questions that come up. All of that is to say, I have questions about Robert Williams. I have questions about how much they switched. I have questions about uh, the extent of their defensive strategy to switch everything. Is it because he wanted them to communicate and really wants to hammer home the communication, just like he overemphasized the ball movement? Maybe he overemphasized the defensive communication. That would make sense. You do that, then you draw it back, and you you start adding other defensive principles. But at the very least, they are going to switch a lot because this team is built for switching. This team is built for a bunch of guys who are of similar size and they're bigs who can move, they're mobile, they they have the ability to switch out onto smaller guys and hold their own at least a little bit, not in this canter, but other guys do. And so I think this switching defense, maybe not to the point that we saw it on Monday night, but this switching defense is going to be a staple of the Celtics. The whole point of a defense that switches that much is it's sort of like a pseudo zone in a lot of ways. It's not really zone because guys in a zone, they, they only guard different zones on the floor. That's what I call it zone defense. They guard different areas on the floor. This is switching defense, and it was switching to such an extreme that sometimes it might have felt a little bit like a zone because Jalen Brown stayed in the same little area for large 
parts of the possession. Guys stayed in their similar areas for, for a bunch of the possession. But if there was no action there to switch, you'd still have to follow the guy around. So it's not really a zone. But that puts a lot of pressure on the bigs when you're switching out. And, and Robert Williams had a, a very difficult time with how often he had to switch. I think it went to such a level that he wasn't fully prepared to deal with it. And what I saw out there was a Robert Williams who was thinking a lot. And if you've heard my podcast before, if you're listening to me talk at all over the years, you know that what I'm going to say next, when you're thinking out there, you're screwed, you're cooked. If you're thinking too much, forget it because you're, nothing slows a player down quite like having to think about everything on the floor. You saw Al Horford, who is 35 years old, and sure, he, he missed half the season last year as a, a basically a healthy scratch, but Al Horford looked much faster, much quicker out there than Robert Williams, which in actuality is not really true. Robert Williams, much more athletic at this point, much quicker, much faster. But Al Horford understood the entire premise of everything that, that the Celtics were trying to accomplish. And Robert Williams didn't seem to. And so that sped Al Horford up. He got to play fast. He got to play at a normal speed. And Rob just kind of, I remember one, one possession specifically after Jalen Brown kind of yelled at him to get back into a play. Then Rob comes down the other end of the floor and he's got his, his arms out. Like where, where am I supposed to go? What, what am I supposed to, what, what? And so when you're thinking that much, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to play and, and execute what you're supposed to execute. So the Celtics switching, I think is going to be an, an issue that they need to deal with for at least the next you know few weeks like their whatever their final defense is going to be we'll see but what the Celtics need to do is they need to just get their positioning squared away they need to get their their communication squared away they need to like i said yesterday slow down to speed up they need to just understand what they're what they're doing out there and it's going to take like a few weeks to at least get to that point. I don't want to say I'm concerned about Robert Williams. I'm not necessarily. He can pick things up, but we've seen in the past that he he just when he's thinking too much, it slows him down. It slows him down to a real a real noticeable degree to the point where I saw a a lot more of the turning your hips and chasing to get a block type of stuff from Robert Williams. When, when everything is going haywire in your head, all of a sudden the old habits, the old bad habits start to, to creep back in. So I, I'm really curious. And one of the things I'm going to ask Ime Odoka about, and, and hopefully Robert Williams about is this level of switching the style, the, the, what his responsibilities are going to be, because if they keep switching to this degree, Moving forward, it's going to put so much pressure on the bigs that we have to rethink exactly how this starting lineup is going to look, what the rotations are going to look like. I'm going to get into that 
and and folds Josh Richardson into this discussion because Josh had such an interesting dichotomy to his game. Like he was awesome in some points and horrible at other points. I'm going to talk about that next. First, I got to tell you about sweat block created by a doctor, recommended by a doctor that works for up to seven days. If you have excessive perspiration issues, and and look, a lot of us have that. And, you know, I I I deal with it too. In fact, right now I'm sweating. The more I talk, the more I start to sweat, and so. It's very easy to use. You take a shower, you put the the, the wipe. It's a antiperspirant wipe. You put it in, or wipe it on your problem area as you go to bed. In the morning, you wash it off, and it should work for up to seven days. I got I've gotten a DM from somebody who says it worked up to five days for him, which is great. Anything that works for multiple days is great, especially if you have issues with excessive perspiration. It's number one on Amazon in their antiperspirant category. So check it out on Amazon. They've got over 13,000 reviews. Google it. Look for the Rachel Ratio on YouTube. You'll see firefighters using it while they work and coming out with dry shirts. They have a dry shirt guarantee, which means if it doesn't work for you, you get your money back. It's your little secret to confidence and you can wear what you want to wear. You know those gray t-shirts that you like to wear, but the second you get an ounce of water on it, it's a big dark gray blotch. Wear it anyway. Use sweat block. It's going to work for you. So go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off. 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or pick them up at Amazon or CVS. Are you ready for fantasy basketball? Don't play the regular fantasy basketball where the teams with the guys who play the most games in a week generally win. And if you forget to do the busy work and all that stuff, you're going to lose. Go download the Sleeper app. It's a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. They have a game. It's called Game Pick, and it's only on Sleeper. With Game Pick, you pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards your team's total score. It's strategy. If you have Jalen Brown on your team and he's got three games that week, well, which game do you want Jalen Brown's points and all of his stats to count for? That levels the playing field. That makes fantasy basketball so much more interesting to me. I have gotten away from playing fantasy basketball because of all that other busy work and all that other stuff. So I'm looking forward to Sleeper, and you can pick things like uh, pick using uh, criteria like player matchups, home versus away, defensive opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, all of that stuff. So download the Sleeper app. They've cracked the fantasy basketball code. You're going to love playing game picks. Start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Celtics podcast your first listen every day. Still going to talk about the GM survey coming up in a few minutes, but you can also make the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast your second listen today. Why not do that? I'm sitting here with my WNBA gear on, the Connecticut Sun hat over here if you're watching on YouTube. Connecticut Sun down two games to one to the Chicago Sky, but I have faith in the Connecticut Sun. They're the top seed. They've got the MVP. They are ready to make some history here. Coming back, I believe it, they're playing on Wednesday night. So check out the Lockdown Women's Basketball Podcast. Uh, it's a great listen uh, for, for all of your women's basketball needs. 
and and now as the WNBA playoffs continue into the semifinals. Let's continue on with the conversation here with the Celtics switching defense and the the problems that it may pose. I'm focused on the bigs, uh, and and I I'm sure that Rob is in a place where he's going to figure this out. He's it, it may take a little bit of time, and that's going to make it an interesting decision here for the Celtics. And and it makes me wonder. Okay, I, I'm still trying to to piece together this starting five. I am a million percent sure that it's going to be Al Horford now in the starting lineup. My only question is. Is Rob the fifth starter? I feel like Rob's the fifth starter. I feel like he has to be the fifth starter because of all the matchup issues that Ime Odoka has been talking about. But what if that's not possible? Was the Wancho start in the preseason game uh, kind of a backup plan? Hey, let's see how Wancho works here. And then we can, if, if Rob isn't fully up to speed, we can start Ra, uh, uh, Horford and Wancho, or was that just a, I want to see what this combination is like. When when I first sub out, am I taking Al Horford out and putting Wancho in? That very easily could be the rotation that Udoka was looking at. When I take, and, and I, I do think that that was a tell. I do think that that was a tell. I think it's more likely that you started Wancho Herman, Hernan Gomez in the first uh, preseason game, just in a in a, a way to say we may start Al Horford with this group, sub out Horford for Wancho. Let's get Wancho in some minutes there with these guys to play with Rob, and then we're going to bring Horford back in with Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson. If I'm looking at that first preseason game and what. What poker tell does Udoka have there? My guess is that you're going to start Al Horford with Rob and Wancho's going to be the first sub in the game. So in a way, Wancho's a halfway starter. That's my read on, on the early take. It could be more of a guess in a way. And then when he Udoka brought in off the bench, it was Schroeder, Horford, and, and, and Richardson. That that's a trio. Like that's the that's a pairing. It's almost like uh, you're gonna you're gonna have these guys playing together when you know more often than with other groups. But Richardson was so interesting in this game. His first quarter defense against Orlando was off the charts. Getting in, tying the ball up getting steals, block shots, his defense, but before he even took a single shot, his defense was spectacular. Then in the second quarter, he started shooting and it was bad. I mean, bad. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, he, his, his form looks kind of janky. He was passing up three pointers to step in and take long twos. It was there was nothing really good about his offense in that in that game. And so Richardson now becomes an interesting character in this entire play. Where does he fit best? Does him coming off the bench in that grouping with Schroeder and Horford make the most sense? Because he's going to be... 
I don't want to, I don't want to read too much into it. So let me, let me back backtrack there as I'm talking. He could be a non-shooter. He's been a non-shooter in Philly and in Dallas. It's been tough for, for him to find his, his stroke. We think about the best that he's been, and that's the Miami Richardson. And I don't know that that's, that seems to be potentially more of the aberration than the rule at this point. And we're all wondering if he could recapture that. If he, what situation will help him recapture that the most? Is he going to be finding that shot next to Schroeder and Horford? Possibly. I mean, you saw how Schroeder and Horford work together in the pick and roll. Maybe just Richardson playing on that side of the floor, he can get some kickouts from Horford or from Schroeder and get some open looks. Maybe that's the strategy. And, and Udoka has already said he wants to keep Jalen or Jason on the floor at all times. One of those guys is going to be on the floor at all times. So now it's four of those guys. Who's the fifth guy going to be? Just a shooter somewhere. Pritchard, Neesmith, somebody on the other side of the floor, just the space. So maybe that's the way to get Richardson going. Or if Al becomes the starter, maybe the best way to go, if, if Robert Williams is just as lost as he was in the first game for an extended period, doesn't make sense to have just, okay, look, get Rob on the bench. Horford is, is your starter. And then maybe you, do you start Richardson and hope that all the attention all these other guys get, gets him open shots. This is just a, an interesting kind of give and take here over the next few days of where the Celtics is going to go with this. Again, hard to say what's real and what's not. His offense, Richardson's offense, looked so horrible in game one, but maybe he gets hot in game two. And you say, all right, well, he's figuring it out. We're looking for direction. There's a point now on the map, and we're tying a string to it. But right now, the, the string doesn't connect to anything, okay? This is like the uh, Charlie in It's Always Sunny with the Peppy Sylvia scene, you know? Peppy Sylvia, Peppy Sylvia. Uh, and he's got all of the, the pins and the, the strings all over the wall. Like, I'm sitting here with my imaginary guy smoking cigarettes trying to, trying to put lines in the wall. I've only got one push pin in the wall and string, and I got nothing to connect it to. I got no direction to go yet. I need that second, third, and fourth preseason game to give me directions to see if I can find out if Pepe Sylvia exists, if the Celtics offense exists, if Josh Richardson's offense exists. Now, hopefully the next line is what Max says. Not only do all these people exist, but they're wondering what's going on with their mail. Not only do all of these players exist, but they're wondering what to do with the ball. I don't know. Maybe, there, <laughs> maybe there's a next, next step where there's, we're wondering how are we going to get all of these guys their shots? Maybe that's the next step in this little scenario. We're going to figure it out. Hopefully, I'm going to get some answers when practice rolls around on Wednesday. See, I got my day right this time. Wednesday practice, I will be there. We'll be asking about this, talking about this stuff a whole lot more. Up next, the GM survey. Where is Boston ranked amongst the GMs who were polled or the GM's assistants who were polled? And where does Ime Odoka land on the which coach, which new or relocated coach will have the biggest impact on his new team? Where is he on that list? That's all coming up next. First, Bet Online is here to help you when it comes to betting on football, which is back NFL 
college. Obviously, we just had the big Tom Brady return to New England. Football, whatever you want to bet on. Hockey is, is coming back. Baseball, obviously, now into the playoffs. Anything, WNBA playoffs, you can bet on it all at Bet Online with a new and updated site and interface. They've got even more odds, props, and contests. So, Bet Online continues to be number one source for everything football and everything else. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today with the promo code LOCKED ON. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, whatever you deposit in there, 200 bucks, you get a $100 welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKED ON. So, Check out Bet Online for all your sports action, even your favorite Vegas casino games. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Once again, thank you for making the Lockdown Celtics podcast your number one listen every day. We're here Monday through Friday. The fact that you're listening to this podcast first amongst all your choices, I love that. You got a lot of choices for your second podcast, your second listen. I've given you a couple already. How about the Lockdown NBA podcast? With me on Wednesdays, that's today, and Jake Madison, we're talking about the DeAndre Ayton situation in Phoenix and giving him an extension. Talking about the Kyrie Irving situation in Brooklyn where he looks like he's going to miss more than half of their games, which is kind of nuts and how's that going to work out. And then we talked about the GM survey, but that was very national focused where I talked about my two rules changes. There was a, a, a question in the survey where they talked about rules changes. I talk about those in the Lockdown NBA podcast. Sorry, that's called a tease. If you want to hear about that, you got to go listen to the Lockdown NBA podcast. Available across all platforms, free on YouTube, just like Lockdown Celtics. I'm going to focus on the Boston Celtics part of the GM survey, where they were ranked sixth in the East. GMs were polled. GMs were polled. We know that it's not all the GMs are going to, are going to do this. But Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, Philly, Atlanta, all ahead of Boston in the East, according to the general manager's survey. Brooklyn, obvious choice. Milwaukee, obvious choice. Miami, Philly, Atlanta, Boston, that whole mix can be, could go just as they think. Miami, Philly, Atlanta, Boston could go Boston, Miami, Philly, Atlanta, Boston, Atlanta, Miami, whatever the combinations are. Whatever the, the multitude of odds are, I'm not going to do the math. But any one of those teams can pull ahead. Miami certainly looks like they have a, a, a new kind of bounce to their step so far in the preseason. Kyle Lowry, big addition. Uh, Philadelphia, such a wild card here. We don't know what they're going to be. What, what, what are they going to do with Ben Simmons? What kind of trade are they going to pull off for Ben Simmons? Don't know how that's going to go. That could go great, can go like it could just disintegrate. Atlanta, where, what from last season was real? What was, how much of that was just they were in a groove and they were rolling and it was, they overachieved? And how much are the new emphasis on uh, not doing the unnatural basketball motion stuff, the, the, all that stuff from the officiating, how's it going to impact Trey Young? who's one of the biggest perpetrators of those unnatural basketball moves. 
all of that stuff could conspire to either drag Atlanta down or none of it could matter and they could be back up near the top. Same with Boston. Boston's sitting there like everything goes right. Boston's best case scenario. They could be as high as a third seed, I think. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics overachieve, everything goes right, most things go right. Uh, Tatum reaches an MVP level, Jalen reaches a, an all-star level and, or, or, or better an all NBA level. And some of these bench guys really ball out. If some of the other things go wrong for the other teams, then, Hey, look at them. They could be the third seed. And I know that things never really go that way, but th- they kind of went that way for Phoenix last year. So who can be this year's Phoenix? Could it be the Celtics? Could be, or things could fall apart. They could be sixth. They could be seventh. They could be eighth. Could be a long way. I don't think they're going to be seventh or eighth. I really think they're going to be in that four or five mix. So, but very interesting that they're ranked sixth in this survey. We'll see if they can beat that out. Quickly, some of the other stuff. The most underrated player acquisition. Number one was Larry Nance in Portland. Number two is Patty Mills in Brooklyn. Uh, Those are uh, really good acquisitions there. Dennis Schroeder was in the also getting votes. He could, he could really outperform that considering some of the things that we saw in that first preseason game. And if he can maintain some of that stuff, especially the passing ability, the way he plays with Al Horford, that connection seems to be really good. That, that could be a, a very underrated player acquisition or, or that, could, that could really pan out really, really well. Uh, in the what was the most surprising move of the offseason, Westbrook to the Lakers, DeMar DeRozan to Chicago, Lonzo Ball to Chicago, uh, but Danny Ainge stepping down was in the also receiving votes. That was really surprising. I think just in general, I think, okay, players going to Chicago, Chicago's, you know, whatever. They had money to spend. Players took the money. That's surprising. But Danny Ainge stepping down out of nowhere was, was a bit of a shock to me. Or maybe these GMs knew something that we didn't. The best perimeter defender in the NBA. Interesting one here. Drew Holiday, it gets half the votes. Coming off of the finals, that makes perfect sense. Ben Simmons, that makes sense. Jimmy Butler, 10% of people said Jimmy Butler. That, sure. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo on perimeter defense? Okay. Still, yeah, uh, okay. Marcus Smart was in the also getting votes. Clearly took a step back because of the COVID year. Very interested to see how that's going to go. With I, I don't think that Marcus Smart should be in the also receiving votes. I think he should be in that top three or four. I I would take Marcus Smart. I I really do think that Marcus Smart is due for a a big defensive year. I don't know, like I said yesterday, what's going on with him, but I think that something like this should be able to motivate Marcus Smart. Uh, Who's the best assistant coach in the NBA? Damon Stoudemire in the also receiving votes. Interesting, considering he hasn't really been an assistant coach for more than a few weeks. But, hey, interesting. Uh, Most promising young core... Atlanta, 50% of the vote. Houston Rockets, 10% of the vote. Vote. Uh, Boston with 7%. This is an interesting, I think, semantic debate because your best, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are better combined than any two of the Atlanta Hawks. I think they're better at this point, better than any two of the Houston Rockets. We'll see what some of these Rockets, young Rockets, your rookie second year, third year guys, how much, how much do those guys, what do they become? I'm not going to say that in four or five years, maybe some of these guys on the Rockets aren't 
all NBA level guys? We don't know. Right now, Tatum and Brown are better, but semantics. Are they are they young anymore? Are they Jalen's gonna be 25 in a couple of weeks? Does that count as young anymore? I think he's just in his prime. I mean, it's young to me. Shit, I'm 48. You know, <laughs> I'd kill to be 25 again. But in NBA terms, 25 is you're just a player at that point. You're not a young player, you're just a player. Kind of same for Jason Tatum, right? Like he's not a young, he's young, but he's not a young part of a young core. He's just part of the core now. So I think the young has to be kind of massaged here. So I can see maybe some teams, some GMs going, eh, I don't know about the Celtics in that regard. Final thing, which new or relocated head coach will make the biggest impact on his new team? Number one, Rick Carlisle in Indiana, 64%. Number two, Ime Odoka, 14%. Number three, Jason Kidd in Dallas with 11%. Now, it says biggest impact. doesn't say positive or negative. I can say that Jason Kidd could have a, a much bigger negative impact on that team. Clearly, I'm not a Jason Kidd guy. Rick Carlisle in Indiana, I buy that 100%. It's such a tailor-made Rick Carlisle situation. They're, they're a good team. Indiana's a good team. They're not a great team. They're a good team. They got talent. In fact, I'm I'm actually looking at Indiana as one of my surprise teams this year. We're talking about earlier Miami, Philly, Atlanta, Boston. Don't be shocked if Carlisle has Indiana in that mix when all is said and done. You can say what you want to say about what the hap- what happened last year, and Karis LeVert has an injury, another a fracture in his back, which supposedly is is not going to keep him out for too long. But Rick Carlisle with a group of good NBA players can really raise their level. I believe that. I think this is this is the right vote. Ime Odoka in Boston, the biggest impact, that's going to be interesting. The fact that so many GM, well, 14% of the GMs, so not so many, but enough of the GMs say, believe in him from his days as an assistant, that he's going to make that impact. That's pretty good. Rick Carlisle is the obvious choice. The fact that Ime is second in this list, that's promising. That makes me feel good about where the Celtics are with him. If opposing GMs, if general managers around the league are going to say, well, yeah, Ime is going to do pretty well there, even if a few of them believe that. That's, that's really, that, that's impressive to me. You know, you get like four GMs that say, yeah, uh, he's, he's going to make the biggest impact. I'll take that. So not bad, not a bad showing, not much of a showing overall, but clearly on the importance, having the coach there making the biggest impact would be super, super important. Uh, so I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by how many people are watching the show on YouTube. Really appreciate that. The show is growing. It's it started out at the end of last season and into the off season. Then it hit a little bit of a lull, but we're back. Uh, obviously, every show is on YouTube. Lockdown Celtics is free across all platforms Monday through Friday. So I do appreciate your subscribing, whether you listen to the show or watch the show or whatever it is. Thank you so so much for making the Lockdown Celtics podcast not only your first listen of the day, but part of your daily routine. I'm very, very thankful and appreciative. Anywhere you can give a five-star rating or a good written review, I do appreciate that. Most importantly, I do hope that you will share the podcast and spread the word and tell people 
when they want to listen to or watch something on the Boston Celtics, that it should be the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.